October 28, 1965. The Catholic Church officially declares Jewish people were not responsible for killing Jesus, and all it took was 2,000 years in a Netflix series. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach... Um, what's a good... Are, you're trying to do a Halloween pun, aren't Yeah. You? My name's not super great for the Halloween puns. Shaq <laughs> cowers. But Shaq just sounds like a... like a cause Shaq, Shaq is taken, literally Shaquille O'Neal. It is Kazam. Yeah. Which is not... <laughs> is Kazam a Halloween movie? It's been a while. I know somebody made a fake version. Was that a Halloween movie? I don't know. It doesn't exist, so we can't confirm that. I'm going to say yes, because it can be whatever my imagination wants it to be. <laughs> That's true. Follow your heart. Um, we uh, we have a great, great show for you tonight. Our guest is one of Denver's finest comics, uh, host of We Still Like You, member of the Pussy Bros, friend of the show. So, so excited. Welcome back, Rachel Weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Thank you for being here. Uh, so, Oh, damn it. I was going to say Rachel Freaks after I re- remembered it was Halloween. Freaks, creaks, sneaks. I got all kinds of Halloween <laughs> Yeah, puns. you got a good like Halloween Rachel name. Creeks. That's pretty good. I'm envious Rachel of creaks. that. Ample <laughs> Halloween <laughs> puns that you you have at your disposal. There's got to be. Rachel, like you freaks, even have in your first name. In your first Rach name, Rachel. Rachel yeah. Freaks. Yeah. Oh man, I know what my uh, what my uh, drag king name would be. Just like a super, <laughs> like a super spooky Ray Ray Hell Freaks typhonated. And Brian like is obviously brain flaying, flaying, <laughs> cram and flaying. I was trying it. to. Yeah, that's. I'll go with that. <laughs> Oh, um, goddammit. So, listeners, in case you didn't guess by either the date, I mean, maybe you're in a Rip Van Winkle situation and you've just woken up, and the first <laughs> thing you've done has been like, oh, you, a new revision. If you just woke up from a several years long sleep, I have some devastating things to tell you. Number yeah. one, podcasts exist. Yep. Um, <laughs> Everyone has a voice now, and <laughs> it has not worked out as well as you might have hoped. <laughs> the great communication experiment that was the internet has resulted in uh, a lot more visible racism, which is a good thing and a very bad thing. Yeah, that's um, yeah, boy, and um, I have good news about who was president right before this, <laughs> and then some terrible, terrible news. I also have uh, bad news about Die Hard and how many sequels they made. Too many. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> what do we do on this thing? <laughs> uh, we. This is a show, as, as I was saying before I got sidetracked. Uh, if you have a guess by the month or by our, our spooky... <laughs> of course, before that happened to you. <laughs> our spooky, scary names. This is a very special, spooktacular Halloween scaraganza episode of The Revisionist. <laughs> and on this show, we take a creepy story from history... And we uh, give you the freaky details. And then another one of our co-hosts takes that horrifying, harrowing tale and makes an even more frightening alternate batshit, crazy, bonkers, banana, scarifying version. (laughs) And at the end, we vote on which becomes 
the terrifying truth for the rest of time going forward. Uh, I love that so much. Um, Last week, we covered the chilling tale of the Mary Celeste famous ghost ship. And uh, it was decided that the alternate history penned by yours truly, uh, the modern Edgar Allan Poe, uh, Edgar Allan Powers, in which... Uh, that's... Listen, I don't have a lot of puns to work with. I'm doing my best. <laughs> as, as established, you're right. Um, in which, what happened, in fact, was that every crew member of the Mary Celeste became invisible and started uh, what we now know as the modern haunted houses you see every Halloween time. Uh, that <laughs> became the true version of history. They also write for the show Transparent. Um, <laughs> but this time... I forgot about that part. We have a terrifying tale of one Belle Gunnis, and Rachel has the quote-unquote true story, uh, if, Rachel, you are ready to proceed. Of course. Man, I, uh, I was so excited when you guys asked me to, mm-hmm. to talk about Belle Gunnis. I'm a, a big fan of serial killers, and she's a... An inspiration. She's she's a good one. And I think it's fun because not as many people know about mm-hmm. Bell Gunness, even if they are big fans of, of serial killers. Fans sounds wrong. Uh, yeah. Intrigued parties. Enthusiasts. Enthusiasts sounds like you love what they're doing. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, followers. You're like, that's like one step. Followers. Oh, God, that sounds like you're doing what they're doing. Uh <laughs> Needless to say, yeah. uh, Bell Gunness is a serial killer and one of the most prolific in American history and one of the least talked about. Uh, could be one of the most prolific in, in American history, depending on what tale you believe, of course. Um, so Bell, Bell Gunness was uh, born in real early, real early, 1859. <laughs> there we go. She was born in 1859 in Selbu, Norway on November 11th. So she was Can a Scorpio. We're very mysterious. A question. <laughs> About yeah. her her upbringing in eight, the 1800s in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, was she a an attractive but uh, book smart girl who was shunned by the rest of her town, who she found provincial and boring? Well, see, this bell, this, this bell is almost exactly the same as regular bell that we all know and love, except for she was... Nearly six feet tall, weighed over 200 pounds, came from a poor family with a daughter of a stonemason, and was known to be able to lift caskets above her head. Well, uh, I don't want to apply traditional beauty standards to Miss Gunnis, so... Uh, if you like a every person hulking is Norwegian woman named Brynhild, <laughs> this is exactly your type. Uh... <laughs> Born Brynhild Paulsdatter Strelseth. You know, you know how the, the Norwegians love their vowels. It sounded like your face was melting. Strelseth. Make a Halloween pun out of that. Uh, <laughs> she, she was born, she was the daughter of a stonemason, and she was a giant, uh, as I said. But uh, she was born very poor and decided to follow her older sister to the United States uh, to, to get rich, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted, you know, that, that get quick, mm-hmm. get, get quick rich. Get rich or die. Or murder a bunch of men yeah. trying. Get um, rich or kill trying. 
is her. And yeah. she, man, she tried. Uh, so there, okay, so there's a story, like a lot of serial killers have an origin story as to like what fucked them up the most. Usually it's a bonk on the head uh, or they had a real attached mother or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story that's been unverified but gets told with Belle is that she went to a country dance in Norway uh, as a pregnant woman and she got attacked by a dude who kicked her in the stomach and she miscarried, uh, which is very sad. And she like lived to um, super resent this guy who was rich and he was never prosecuted. Uh, don't worry, he died of stomach cancer shortly thereafter. You'll find out that most of the ways that people died in this story are should have quotes around them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like and the this... quotes usually mean poison. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this part of the story is like the origin story you hear in like horror movies, like Samara getting thrown in the well or Candyman getting bead to death. I feel like this is <laughs> that aspect, this, that part. Yeah, fun fact: Candyman was actually the kid from My Girl. yeah he took a really apparently you can choose your form when you become a ghost and (laughs) she decided her real form was tony todd so wait i thought i I forgot who died in my girl anna chlumsky i think Oh, no. Needless to say, Belle was uh, much changed by the incident, and she decided to hop a ship uh, and go to the United States, where she uh, landed in Chicago, Illinois, and she married a man named Mads Albert Sorensen, where they started a confectionery store together. Mm -hmm. It did not go well. Uh, So they burned it down, and they took all of the money uh, from the insurance company after that. Mm -hmm. And this seemed to create a pattern for Belle, because... uh, she, she she burns a lot of shit down. Yeah. She she likes burning things down. She likes insurance money. Uh, and this is if, sort of sorry. Please. This is sort of like the dawn of insurance. Yes. In like the modern form. <laughs> the most yes. fascinating period in human history. <laughs> the dawn of insurance. God, that sounds like the worst textbook ever. Um, the author's like way too excited about it. Yep. <laughs> uh, astute listeners may remember that last week or two weeks ago, more accurately, with the Mary Celeste, there was also uh, a bout of insurance fraud. So not only is this our spooktacular month, it is also a uh, revisionist official celebrate insurance fraud month. Yeah. TM. <laughs> Sponsored by Prudential. Insurance for October. Uh, it's my favorite month. I <laughs> well, it was certainly Belganis's favorite month uh, because she committed insurance fraud all over the place. Oh my goodness! Uh, so she and her husband burned down the store and claimed a bunch of insurance m- money together and bought a new. F- uh, farm from it, but then Sorensen later died of heart failure. Mm. Remember the quotes, uh, or strychnine po- poisoning, which is her uh, her poison of choice. In the uh, in the strictest definition of the sense, his heart did fail. It what failed. Caused it, it to it fail failed. Is up to Why debate. Is I mean, the question. doctors at the time were not. The best. No, yeah. I, I believe that the official diagnosis on, on Mr. Sorensen was that he died of big heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 doctors at the time were like, basically... Which is like, that's Bigfoot's charity, actually. Right. <laughs> I think doctors he, at the time were about as good at determining cause of death as your average character in Clue, who's like, was this a gun or was it a pipe? 
Well, uh, if he did die of big heart, Mr. Sorensen died the single day that both of his insurance policies overlapped, uh, mm-hmm. which is convenient for Bell, who uh, <laughs> who made eighty five hundred dollars in eighteen you know eighty four. So that's essentially two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in modern money. Uh, so he, I mean, there's some there's some reports that. Uh, they had four kids. There's some reports that they had zero. Uh, if they had four, two of them were poisoned uh, also with strychnine. They, they were like, well, it could be acute colitis, but it could also be big heart. It's hereditary uh, and also known to be <laughs> huge in infants. Uh, so out of, out of their four kids, two of them died uh, of being poisoned. To be with, fair, they might have also died of 1890. Yeah, I was going to say. Being yeah. babies in the 1880s. She had a great uh, cover in that that's just what happened to everyone. Babies just died. People died back then uh, all the time. Not and like today so, where no one dies. No hey, Rip Van Winkle Traveler. Good we news. That. Uh <laughs> Bad news. Yeah. We haven't told you about the president yet. Okay. Uh, We're saving that for the Imagine the, the worst person. Yeah. Then make it worse somehow. <laughs> constantly. Um, so at this point, she had two surviving kids, Myrtle and Lucy, but she also adopted a 10-year-old girl named Jenny. Uh, and they decided to, with all of the money that they made from murdering her husband... <laughs> Uh, they decided to move to beautiful Laporte, Indiana. Because, uh, you know, when you come upon $200,000, where do you want to go? You just won $200,000, Brian Flynn. Where do you want to go? Uh, the the Monaco of Iowa. Yeah, of <laughs> Indiana. Indiana. Uh, which is- well, everybody knows that Indiana is a place for rich people. Old-timey rich people. That's why they call him Mike Pence, the old word for penny. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, so shortly after moving and murdering uh, her husband and two daughters, she married a man named Peter Gunnis in 1902. Uh, one week before their ceremony, Peter's daughter died of uncertain causes, also in quotes, mm-hmm. uh, while alone in the house with Belle. <laughs> Just suddenly, infant died. This is, would be her third, uh, fourth lost infant, if you count the, uh, the miscarriage, and her mm-hmm. husband has also died. Seven months into their marriage, Peter also died of a tragic accident. Yes. A tragic accident. So these are Bell's two explanations for how Peter Gunnis died. Let's see if you can t- sense the bullshit. Uh, it's amazing. So explanation number one, Bell says he was reaching for his slippers next to the kitchen stove mm-hmm. when he was scalded with brine to death. <laughs> Burning. It was burned to death. Uh, option two, uh, he was on the ground and a sausage grinder fell from a high shelf onto his head. Mm-hmm. You know how just how, hanging out on the ground. You in know the how kitchen. a bludgeoning looks exactly like a horrible death burn. Uh, <laughs> now, Brian, you say on the ground like it. It's weird, but remember, this was like the 1890s, where one of the primary forms of entertainment was just be on the ground for a be while. Be on the ground. <laughs> Oh, God. This is, th- 
this is how good insurance was at the time. This is my... Okay. So the her adopted daughter, Jenny, who is still alive at the time, she is, is quoted saying, my mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. Holy shit. Uh, this truly... I made that I clue joke the- earlier, but this is yeah. really like clue level investigation. It literally... <laughs> it's insane because right now the three different murder weapons are a fallen meat grinder... Mm-hmm. A meat cleaver, sort of a big fucking knife, or just a pot of soup. Those are the three <laughs> options for how this how is like. Died. That's like the preparation you get, like in Iron Chef. Those are the three things they pull the <laughs> curtains off of before the episode begins. I also just like Jenny Ganes giving this statement, yeah, and then the investigators being like, "Oh, that go, go lay on the ground for a little yeah. while." <laughs> so. uh... A bell made three or four thousand dollars off of Peter's death, even after the district coroner said, This is unequivocally a murder. (laughs) He said, Look at the guy. He was murdered. And everybody was like, Eh. Give her the money anyway. This is uh, this was back when this was the dawn of insurance before they forgot to add a clause that said does not apply if murdered. If murdered. He's like, Well, he died. Soon after, uh, she made this unofficial statement that she later uh, rescinded, I suppose, adopted daughter Jenny was supposedly sent away to Lutheran College in Los Angeles, (laughs) which happened to be under the pig farm in the backyard. (laughs) Uh, Beautiful finishing school. Yeah, old Los Angeles, which is under LaPorte, Indiana. (laughs) Of course. Uh, as it's, far as she knew, that's what where Los Angeles was. It's Mole Los Angeles. It is. It is. It's a it's a bustling mole city. <laughs> you know, and she sent her daughter there for finishing school. Tectonic plates shift. Play, things move to new locations over time. It's entirely mm-hmm. plausible. Laporte, <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles, easy mm-hmm. to get mixed up. Uh, so that's so Jenny. Jenny was murdered, uh, and <laughs> she yeah yeah she went to finishing school. Which is, she was finished, all right. Uh, Okay, so in 1907, uh, it's worth noting that she hired a ranch hand, a farm hand, Mm. uh, Ray Lampier, who is an idiot. Uh, (laughs) He's a big idiot. Uh, And uh, Belle Gunness started putting out her famous personal ad, uh, which brought all inquiring minds out to LaPorte, Indiana, to marry her. I did... uh, write down the yes. ad. Of course I have it. Okay. Um, so this is the personal ad that, that Bell Gunn has put out in, in Chicago and in other large Midwest Millennials, cities. just imagine you're scrolling through Tinder. You see mm-hmm. a this six foot Tinder five bio. giantess <laughs> dour <She is>. looking. <laughs> this is written so there are no photos, which, it, which does help her, but <laughs> this is what it reads. Personal. Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with a personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Yes. <laughs> no triflers. I actually think that is that should be be brought back. That's, that is the my, no scrubs of eighteen ninety. Comely man, come comely widow. 
comely widow lives in Indiana, wants your money, is what that says. Yeah. And people came in droves. <laughs> people came in droves. So uh, Belganis's body count ranges anywhere from 12 confirmed murders mm-hmm. to 40 suspicions murders. Yeah. Uh, so anywhere between four and... 28 men answered this ad. That's how easy dating is in the 1800s. You can be completely honest about your intentions and what you look like. And they're like, yeah, that's what I want. I don't think I'm a trifler. As long as you're not a trifler. No trifler. I just pictured someone reading that book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. What I want at the end is just a, a, in parentheses, it said, I'm a trifler, though. <laughs> Me trifler. I'll trifler all up in your guts. Uh... <laughs> yeah. In the end, she was convicted on 12 counts of murder and one count of trifling. Trifling with an apostrophe. That's how they do it in Indiana. So uh, the column worked, as we said, uh... And a bunch of wealthy suitors showed up to her farm and brought money. They just brought money to her and said, I would like to wed you, giantess Bell. And they're like, oh, your name is Brynhild? That makes way more sense. Uh, Exotic. (laughs) So uh, the first guy that showed up was a guy named John Moe. He brought $1,000. He lasted a week. Uh, George Anderson is actually the only person, the only mm-hmm. like famous rich guy who escaped. Or uh, he uh, promised to pay her mortgage if he mar- if she married him, but he decided to leave when he woke up to Belganis standing over his bed with a creepy flickering candle and a horrible murder stare. <laughs> Can you imagine waking up to a six? If you look up a picture of her, this is a worn lady. She is. She has a scary face when she's posing for a picture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just imagined him going like, I am into giant play, but this is too much too for much. me. Very scary. Very I came here to be lifted over my head in some sort of sex act. Which she can do. Uh, so the next thing I, I wanted to mention was that uh, Belle started ordering many large trunks to be mm-hmm. delivered to the farm. Uh, so a bunch of people... Uh, a guy specifically named Clyde Sturgis uh, <laughs> showed up on the farm and delivered a bunch of empty boxes for this widow. Uh, and nobody suspected a thing. Uh, but Clyde has been quoted saying that she could lift the trunks like boxes of marshmallows. <laughs> Wait. So this is, this is so fanciful. This is a yeah. terrifying woman. Is that like the uh, Canadian way of getting marshmallows? Oh, yeah, in giant boxes, wooden boxes. Like how they do bags of milk, but marshmallows come in boxes? Yeah. A couple other people she murdered were a guy named Old B. Budsberg. (laughs) Old B. Budsberg uh, was last seen alive at the bank uh, and then was quickly murdered. Thomas Lindbow. Fun fact about uh, Old B. is uh, he was actually a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. That she <laughs> Ob Budsberg. He's actually a dog detective. Uh, <laughs> uh, she also murdered two different Olafs uh, and a guy named Henry Gerholt, who brought her fifteen hundred dollars, mm. married her, and then promptly died. Uh, um, and then after, so uh, 
12, uh, yeah, I said 12 bodies were, were found on the property. Those were the, the, the people that have been listed so far. So her children, uh, her two husbands, or first, yeah, two husbands, and then all, all of these Olafs. Um, seven were buried all in... these Olafs. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. There, I mean, there's yeah. two Olafs and a guy named Old. I think all of these Olafs was an early Marx Brothers uh, short. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, mistaken. it was actually the first radio sitcom. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like it as a, a spin-off band. This is my... We're all yeah. these Olafs. Good night. <laughs> Listen uh, politely. Uh... So they they found twelve uh, different remains buried on the property, and they found seven bodies buried in two coffins in a cemetery plot, uh, and then uh, also Jenny Olson, her adopted daughter, and Peter Gunness. Um, a few. I feel like I have skipped a pretty big part. Oh, um, so that that's they found. All these bodies later. I don't know why that's so early in the thing. But there was also a guy named Andrew Hedgeline who came to meet her after exchanging a series of letters with a lovely I Belle. admire the way you just steamrolled right through I feel like all these names are just 17 vowels with a consonant at the beginning and the end. Hegelite. What does it matter? He's going to die. We all know this. He dies immediately. Uh, his name's Andrew. I can handle that. Andrew exchanged letters with our dearest Belle, and uh, this is a letter that she wrote to him. It says, To the dearest friend in the world, no woman is in the world is happier than I am. I know that you are now to come to me and be my own. I can tell from your letters that you are the man I want. Very rich. Uh, <laughs> it does not take one long to tell when to like a person, and you I like better than anyone in the world I know. Think how we'll enjoy each other's company. You, the sweetest man in the whole world. <laughs> That's it. Uh, we, <laughs> we will be alone. <laughs> we will be all alone with each other. Can you conceive of anything nicer? <laughs> I think of you constantly. Oh, God, she's so spooky. Uh, when I hear your name mentioned, and this is when one of the dear, dead children speaks of you, or I hear myself humming it with the words of an old love song, it is beautiful music to my ears. My heart beats in wild rapture for you, my Andrew. I love you. Come is... prepared to stay forever. Uh, what? She couldn't resist. She couldn't resist. <laughs> like so he we'll... opened the letter and a bunch of bats flew yeah. out. Could I, could I get and... clarification on something in the letter? Does it say mm. something like, we will, always, we will truly love each other, you the sweetest man on earth, and then it just cuts off? It... Cuts off. It you, doesn't... the sweetest man in the whole world. I hope I hope that there's like a me scrawled alive. out line where it's like, <laughs> you, the sweetest man in the world, and me, the woman who will kill you with a meat grinder or cleaver or some soup. And then she just scrawled that out very, Actually, very there was Actually, there was a heart on the letter that wrote, uh, Andrew plus soup. Oh. <laughs> She's like, that must be her cute nickname for herself. <laughs> oh, soupy gunner. <laughs> That's I like, an, that now that is it. an early jazz musician, if I ever heard <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, so <laughs> we all know that Andrew responded to her beautiful, well-written letter with 
a single word that just said pics? Question mark. Uh, okay. That's a part of the real history. And <laughs> no, uh, what Andrew did do is he arrived at the farm with $2,900 and he vanished days after. Uh, Andrew's brother, being apparently the only family member to give a shit, uh, <laughs> became suspicious. And he sent her a letter being like, yo, where's my brother? And she sent him a letter back. And this is the most brilliant thing about Belle, is she's so brazen. She sent him a letter saying, well, I don't know where he is. You could come look for him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but... Man hunts are an expensive business, so bring cats. <laughs> I love That's that what so she said. Oh my what? God. That's amazing. It's like, I don't know where your dead brother is. You could join him. <laughs> so this whole time for the last like couple of years so it, it, at this point it's uh it's like 1908 mm-hmm. uh and her stupid stupid farmhand ray lampier has fallen madly in love with bell <laughs> uh just loves all the murder and pig shit that he's been burying bodies in and like eight children that they've murdered together so Wait, they're was, in love was this guy an accomplice to the murders uh, he he was not an accomplice in the murder, but he definitely uh, did the dirty work. So he mm. ended up uh, burying a lot of bodies and getting okay. rid of a lot so of she, bodies. So he was aware that she was murdering people. Super aware. He actually outed her at the end. Um, uh, so he, he was super in love with her, and he was jealous of all these guys who had uh, come to the farm to die. Uh, so she <laughs> fired him. Oh, man. She Why can't like, I be like that? Oh, God. I want her sweet, sweet thighs. Okay. Um, so Ray, that was a different direction. A different direction. Uh, he's not into her for her money. He likes her giant hulking body. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, Ray, Ray was jealous of all the action these guys were getting. Um, and she, she was not into him. She didn't like him that way, you know. She, he was more of a burying bodies and pig shit type guy. Yeah, Mary the classic side guy. guy. Definitely. Who, yeah. who deals with the bodies Jasper and pig and shit. Horace. Uh, <laughs> Not looking for serious relationship, just want somebody for bodies and pig shit. Yeah, that's what, she wasn't looking for a relationship, but Ray, Ray loved her. Uh, so she was like, you know what? You're getting in the way of my shit. You can't be showing up here all jealous like. So she fired him. Uh, and then when he stalked her, uh, mm-hmm. she tried to get him committed. She she went to the authorities and she was like, I got a crazy dude. He's threatening my family. He's threatening to burn down my building. He's threatening to murder my husband, who she has already murdered at this point. <laughs> Which, ballsy. Uh, definitely. Uh, so she was doing all this stuff to kind of set up her escape plan. Uh, so... She's worried about Andrew's brother coming to the farm. She's mm-hmm. worried about... She's got a lot of leather, letters out. Um, and things are, are kind of starting to get messy at this point. So she sets Ray up and burns uh, the farm down. Um, inside, of course, were her three foster children. Why did they keep giving her foster children? <laughs> they were like, more? Are you out of the ones you had before? Where did they go? Well, we can always supply you with more children. That she just keeps murdering. Uh, so she burns down um, the farm and her three foster children inside who were all found to be poisoned. But uh, there was a fourth body in the inside the farmhouse, mm. uh, a headless body. 
which was supposed to be Gunnis. It was supposed to like trick everybody, like, well, Belle's dead, but mm-hmm. the body that she burned was like five foot three with a head. Uh, so like it, they estimated to include the head. It was like a teeny woman that she murdered yeah. to be like, that's me. Uh, and they said she was no more. She didn't even put in the work. She's like, they said the body was like certainly no more than 150 pounds. Like, I, 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 just, I love also just how your bell voice went from pretty normal when you were reading the yeah. letters to Jack and the... Jack and the Giants being stuck. <laughs> that's level. me. That's me. That's me. That 150 pound five foot three woman. That's me. <laughs> but she did leave her fillings, so she pulled out her fillings and like left it just yeah. lying around, which I, is crazy. I love how lazy she is. I mean, granted, it's worked out really well for her to be super lazy about murder to yeah. this point. But I'd love literally it. everyone she murdered showed up on her doorstep. <laughs> I feel like at this point she got I, it was she the got door vi- dash she got murder. victims delivered via Postmates. Like. I feel like at this point I would not be super surprised if she showed up to the coroner to identify her own body. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Just I'm pretty sure. That. <laughs> that's I mean, me. To be fair, also, though, where in the hell are you going to find another seven foot tall redwood woman. woman? Like a giant Norwegian woman. You know, she had to make do. People were smaller at the time. Except for her. Except for her. She was a giant. Um... <laughs> So, of course, they blamed uh, Gunnis's, uh hired hand, Ray Lampier. He was arrested for both murder and arson. Uh, he was only found guilty of arson. Um, they didn't find her. They, they were like, yeah, it's an accident. He didn't mean to kill his beloved, Brynhild. Um, Just set but, her house on fire. Uh, he ended up being in prison for life. Um, and he actually revealed the truth about Bell. So a lot of the stories that we know about him are things that came specifically from Ray. So he was the one that said Bell burned her own house down. He confirmed that the body was recovered was not hers. And we're like, no shit, Ray. It was a tiny <laughs> body. We knew that. Um, but he also knew that she had skipped town with most of the money from her bank accounts. And... I mean, officially, she was never heard from again. She disappeared. This giant woman left Indiana and just disappeared. Like, they, she didn't have a Facebook post. <laughs> she, she left Twitter entirely. <laughs> but she did have a shitload of money from all of these people that she murdered. Um, at the time, they, they said that she, had, she escaped with roughly $750,000. I mean, our money. Right. I mean, it would have been like $20,000 right. probably at their time. Um, there was, and it's been a while since I've listened to the lore episode about her. There was something at the end of that when like someone, there was a woman in LA who poisoned her husband, who some people thought might've been Gunnis, not, not LA in Laporte, not the LA under the pig farm, (laughs) (laughs) the real LA. Well, the moles were suspicious. Um, yeah. But she they never positively, she died while awaiting trial, that woman who poisoned her husband. And uh, yes. they never positively identified her, but some people thought it was Gunnis. Yeah. Oh, this is the other thing that I wanted to to mention. Is, so Lampier confirmed that Gunnis was a rich woman and that she had murdered 42 people. So he was like, by my count, she has murdered 42 people. He is an idiot. So <laughs> uh, we don't know how good counting he is, um, but he says that uh, she escaped with roughly $32,000. So it's about, uh, it ranged from like $250,000 to, to like $600,000 that she escaped with. 
I love this picture of Ray Lampier on Wikipedia because he's got this, he's kind of like turning to the camera with like this, who, me look? Or maybe, (laughs) or sort of, you know that dramatic gopher who turns to the camera in that gif? He kind (laughs) of looks like that. Hang on, I have to pull this up now. (laughs) Oh, that is. Oh, Oh, yeah, here we go. It says in 1931. Uh, Esther Carlson. Oh my goodness, look at him. He looks smarter than he is. Uh, he's got smart face, but dumb head. Uh, so uh, this, yeah, this is in 1931. A woman named Esther Carlson was arrested in Los Angeles, um, and that's for he she, for poisoning a guy named August Lindstrom. She really picked the best names, I think. She's just putting guys out of their misery. It's like, Olaf, you too. August, all right. Uh, Rachel, thank you. Of course. What a great story. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. My version of the Belganess story is largely the same, but some some differences. Belganess, which uh, her maiden name was what? Schneffelbork. Schneffelbork. That was it. Uh huh. That's not just a super racist Norwegian name. Uh, <laughs> her name was Brynhild Paulstadter Stroseth. Stroseth. Okay. S T R S E T H. Make that sound with your mouth. There you go. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. Um, she emigrated to the United States from Norway in 1881 because she heard fantastic rumors of something called the sun. Um, and then she arrived and realized the thing was kind of the worst. And this was her first moment of disillusionment, thus making her an American citizen. Um <laughs> Seeking to settle somewhere reminiscent of her home, a land of snow and trolls, she moved to Chicago. Uh. <clears throat> um, she came to this country with very little, having worked on a farm to save up the money for, uh, I wrote a boat ticket. I'm not sure if that's what it's actually called. <laughs> I don't think it was certainly a plane ticket. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, those things that are just being invented. Yeah, I don't I think trust she, them. she hopped a plane. Um, uh, she brought with her, of course, though, her family's most prized heirloom, a shirt with a drawing of a bear with its head trapped in a honey jar and the words Poe Buddy's Nerfect in bubble letters. <laughs> um, in Chicago, she met a man named Maz Sorensen. Uh, they married and opened a candy store called Swede Tooth, hey. <laughs> a Norwegian candy store for God-fearing children, I... because I forgot she wasn't Swedish when I wrote that. <laughs> and also, can I just say, points for the correct pronunciation of the name Maz, which is often pronounced as Mads, but I yeah, know from I like Mr. Mads. Mickelson that the yeah. connect, correct fair, pronunciation... it's way more fun to pronounce it Mads. It certainly oh, is. Mad Sorensen, come on. <laughs> Uh, uh, so around this time, Belle was having coffee with her friend Megan when Megan mentioned this invention called life insurance, uh, where you pay a little bit of money for someone, and then if they die, you get a shitload of money. 
Uh, Belle's response was reportedly, fuck, really? <laughs> <laughs> was she high? Did she exhale a, a huge hit as she said that? <laughs> yeah, she she finished ripping a sweet bong. I don't know. I've never smoked marijuana. Um, <clears throat> ripping a sweet bong. <laughs> uh, but Belle and Maz were, you know, happy. They brought- Madsly in love. <laughs> <laughs> she would look at him every night and go, I am mads about I you. I am mads about you. Um, and he would go, I hope we don't die of tuberculosis. <laughs> um, She's like, no, baby, I've got a which, better idea. <laughs> which was in fashion at the time. <laughs> um, they were able to bring treats from their ancestral homeland to the children of America. Uh, treats such as Chaco Fiskin. Uh, a cluster of fermented whitefish robed in milk chocolate. Uh, Floppenbork, uh, pure mountain snow served on top of a Bible. And Berrystaden, uh, handfuls of lingonberries eaten in stern silence. Uh, <laughs> also Strict Nine. Ooh, not that one. That's not for the kids. That's actually, that's actually Tech Nine's original Strict rap. Nine? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but within a, within a year, their candy shop had gone out of business, uh, but then it had burned up. Uh, witnesses described a tall Norwegian woman wearing a Poe Buddies Nerfic shirt and shouting, Belganess, motherfucker, at the scene. Uh, <laughs> naturally, it was assumed the Irish were to blame. Um, that same night, uh, she went home rejoicing in her family's traditional bear shirt. Uh, when her husband confronted her about the whole arson thing, he is known to have said, Belle, why are you doing this on this special night when both of my life insurance policies overlap, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and then Belle totally punched his face so hard that it got all smushed and he died. Uh, uh, why is everybody waiting for the stars to align? What you really need <laughs> is just get those life insurance policies. That's the only uh, Venn diagram you need. <laughs> That is the only plan I have for my eventual family to take care of them. <laughs> also, I don't um, really get this dates aligned. Th- like, was debt was life insurance like the lottery allig- originally, where it's like if you die on these days, it's double the payout. I- well, <laughs> yeah, you she, spin he had the Powerball. Wheel. <laughs> um, wheel of fortune. From what I understand, they were two different policies, and one was expiring. Yeah. The next day. Oh, and the, okay. That makes more sense. I thought it was some kind of, yeah, weird Powerball situation with, yeah, the, lot, with the insurance. <laughs> yeah, she didn't hit the fucking double. Double death score. Uh, <laughs> like a cheap knockoff insurance that only applies on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking President's Day no. sale of murder. Um, look, look Belle skimped on a lot of things. It was never life insurance. She had the best life insurance and the worst, worst. pigs in town. Yeah. She did. Uh, those Bibles she served that snow on weren't real Bibles. <laughs> um, Knockoff Bibles is a hilarious thing. Wait, this just says Bibble. I don't understand. <laughs> um, you got the Bible off a of LimeWire. <laughs> Why is there a 20-minute gap in the middle? Literally, where... you have dysentery. And when I open up this Bible, it's just a personal ad for a comely widow. <laughs> mm. uh, 
so anyway, Comely yeah. widow owns a large <laughs> farm. Sorry. This from the book of triflers. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Triflers shall not apply. Um, so doctors at the time deemed his death a heart attack. Uh, if they had kids, she also killed them. Um, the next day, she felt an incredible amount of regret. Uh, so much so, she couldn't even bear to look at her favorite shirt. Um, uh, she put it away and decided it... was covered in her kid's blood. Yep. Uh... <laughs> Which, fair. Uh, they did not have Tide sticks at the time. No. Um, so she decided to take the money from her family's life insurance payout and move to Laporte, Indiana, so she could start over. There she met Peter Gunness, and they were eventually married. And you know... she... It's really weird that when she burned down the candy store, she was saying Belle Gunness, a name she didn't have yet. Yeah, that is weird. Um, who? It's the fog of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was Swedish Belle Gunness. Uh, she would have been Sorensen at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. Um, I'm Sorensen. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Strip nine. <laughs> strict nine. Yeah, that is the new canon of this story, Brian. Whether you like it or not, when she came out, she said, "I'm Bell Sorenson, strict nine. <laughs> Check me on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, Comely Widows Beach Rifleman. <laughs> I just I want to sample that and turn you into a hype man because that was just mm, Italian kiss. Kiss fingers, chef. Um, Ew. Yeah, Italian sorry. kiss fingers. That's a Just, really gross dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original name of tiramisu. Or uh, mozzarella sticks. <laughs> For dessert. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if there was like a really popular sketch show in Japan and one of the characters' names translated to Italian kiss finger chef, I'd be like, that sounds about right. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so eventually, Belle begins to feel normal again. Uh, normal enough that she takes her family's heirloom shirt back out of the drawer. Uh, but of course, as you may have guessed, uh, it wasn't a normal shirt. Uh, you see, the Norse word for bear shirt is berserker. Uh, literally true. Um uh, so the shirt had been imbued by her Viking warrior queen ancestors with their power. Uh, so she puts on the shirt and... I'm assuming that the blood of her children activated the latent powers inside oh, of the shirt. Sure. Yeah, uh, totes. Um, she puts the shirt on and beats Peter to death with pickle brine and a sausage grinder. Uh, his last words were reportedly, mm, this sausage is too spicy. And then he dies. Um, I wish I could tell you how... St- sad my face looked to be saying that um but she's finally overcome with her own power and she realized the only thing in life sweeter than fish candy and mediocre norse dick was getting paid um <clears throat> so she takes out her famous personal ad make uh, money money get money money <laughs> <laughs> strict nice <laughs> <laughs> Lars better have my money. Uh, so dumb. Uh, <laughs> so luring men to her farm and punching them and taking their money. Um, then she's contacted by a man named Ray Lamphere, 
Uh, he wrote her saying, I'm kind of interested in doing a Renfield thing with you. Hmm. Uh, she replied, that doesn't quite fit what I'm going for, but whatever, you know, tag along. And he turns out she... to be good at digging, which was a valued skill set. Yeah, mm. this um, Belgunis needs a hype man, not a Renfield. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Renfield is nothing if not Dracula's digger. hype man. That's true. Renfield she was the was original hype digger. man. And he was she a was pit a pig shit digger. Gold <laughs> 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 um, digger seeks pig shit digger. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Uh, but he was a creep and was obsessed with Bell. And became jealous of the suitors who came her way and didn't leave. Uh, she would have punched him to death, but that would require touching him. Uh, so, hence the fire and the frame job and everything else uh, that, uh, Rachel, you already discussed. And Belle disappeared with her bear shirt uh, and her money, killing boring and awful men and making a shitload off of it. Uh, but eventually, she did meet someone who shared her wealth her passion for candy, and her skill at killing children. Uh, one Mr. William Wonka. Uh, anyway, she murdered him and became Willy Wonka, who is totally real. And that's the story <laughs> of Belganess. <laughs> oh my god. Willy Wonka definitely married a giantess <laughs> a from A giant Norway. Nordic woman. Uh, and they gave birth you know, to thousands of Oompa Loompas. Oh my, and it really does make sense because she was kind of like this early freestyle hip-hop artist. And if Bella Gunness sang a song, it would be that song Willy Wonka sings in the tunnel about not knowing where we're going. <laughs> She's like, it doesn't really matter. You're going to die and I'm going to have more money at the end. <laughs> this is not an ominous song. You That's... know, what I think Belle really was trying to do is to teach the world that insurance needs boundaries. <laughs> you know, I, I think she really was an icon in the insurance history. She was like the white hat hacker of yeah. her day. She was like, well, if nobody's going to listen to me, I'm going to show them what's wrong with insurance. <laughs> and then she murdered 40 people, yep, including which... many infants and many of her own daughters <laughs> and many... Many foster children in her care. Yep. I mean, but sometimes you have to make like, sacrifices. The foster system you have to make is broken. <laughs> you have to make sacrifices ignore, for your You're passion. ignoring the bigger picture here, you see. <laughs> yes, I murdered four of my foster kids. But you let me. <laughs> and that's why... You paid me for it. <laughs> the biggest insurance company in the United States today is called the Belgunis Insurance Company. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Um, well, listeners, uh, before we get to judgment, uh, I want to remind you that you can always ask us a question or leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast.com. Uh, also, you can support the show over on our Patreon page, where you can buy your right to vote, among other things. Uh, <laughs> this is a democracy. Like, yeah, this is. At least we're honest about it, you know. Um, unlike all that shit you were fed in school, let me tell you about Howard Zinn. Um, <laughs> uh, also, another thing you can do that's super helpful to the show is writing a review on iTunes uh, because that makes more people see it, uh, and that would be greatly appreciated. And, of course, you can follow us on all the social meds. Brian, um, can you start putting in the polls for the real or alternate history 
Um, a third option for Jill Stein, since the real and the alternate are just the same thing, man. <laughs> this Jill Stein option brought to you by Russia, it turns out. Um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and also the show is part of the Denver Podcast Network. Uh, another one of those shows is John of All Trades, uh, which is a great show. It just won... Uh, Reader's Choice in the Westward uh, Best of Denver for Best Podcast. Uh, it's a weekly show, and it features interviews with uh, successful people from, you know, all lines of work, uh, which that is a lie because I did get interviewed for this. <laughs> so, you know, uh, grains of salt. You're successful at sadness. <laughs> we all have our talents. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I am trying to monetize that right now um, with Sad Boy I mean, LLC. Malcolm Gladwell said, if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you're a master and you're well beyond. Uh, look, Malcolm Gladwell is not allowed to be brought up on this show Oh, that's anymore. true. He's our mortal enemy. I forgot. Fucking, I'm calling him to the streets. Uh, but John of All Trades explores the ins and out of the jobs uh, we may have heard of, but don't know a lot about. How do these people get here? What makes them successful? And what people should know about what you do. Uh, so check that out every week on iTunes, Stitcher, or johnofalltrades.us. Um, <coughs> fuck. Mm. Sorry. Uh, Rachel, you... Ho- <laughs> uh, Rachel, wow. you host... Uh, so many body functions just happened. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've edited those, edited those out. Um, <laughs> I am dying. Um, uh, Rachel, you host uh, We Still Like You, which is one of my favorite shows. Thank you. Um, it's great. It's a, it's actually a podcast as well. It started in uh, Chicago. Um, it's a storytelling show about uh, shame and embarrassment, and the crowd washes uh, away the shame and embarrassment by shouting, We Still Like You at the performers. It's mm-hmm. the best. Please check out the podcast that has uh, stories from Chicago, Louisville, and in, from Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a uh, member of Pussy Bros, yeah. the uh, comedy supergroup with friends of the show, uh, Chrissy Buckley, Janae Burris. Yeah. yeah, it's the best. And like us on Facebook, we post all of our shows and, and stuff that we're doing uh, at Pussy Bros on Facebook. And then, uh, oh, you're hosting for Nate Bargatze. I'm uh, I'm on the Nate Bargatze show oh, on the Aggie. On the... I don't think I'm hosting. That'll be for comedy guys who are the best. Yeah, uh, which check that out. Uh, and also, you're all over town and always so so worth checking out. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, as for me, uh, Nighttime Tonight is a show that I host uh, the third Thursday of every month. So the next one will be coming up uh, November sixteenth, uh, which again we collect for a different charity each month so come check that out um <clears throat> sorry oh god uh but zach i think the time for judgment has come uh so val gunnis is an inspiration to us all because <laughs> she uh was an unrepentant murderer and she really didn't try to hide it literally at all she just <laughs> did it all the time in the most obvious ways and it worked yeah. She got away with it. Um, but I have to say, as much as I like, and I like that aspect of her story, and I liked the very in-depth uh, real story, 
The interesting thing about Brian's story, though, is it's one of those alternates that doesn't really change much of the fun things about the real story. Fun as in all the murder and uh, right, right. the killing of children Sticks and such. to the core basics. Yeah. It just adds... The core values of the original show. ABC, always be killing. It just adds uh, uh, a magical bear shirt. It adds some fun confectionaries. And it adds a more satisfying uh, ending. And since the original spirit of the mains of the uh, real story is in it intact, all the fun parts about that, but she also gets to become like an early hip hop artist slash arsonist. Um, I'm gonna cast my vote. Fire! Blah 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 blah! Air horn. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna cast my vote for the alternate this time. All right. All right. Well, uh, listeners. Uh, the audience poll is now available, uh, so you can vote in that. <laughs> I am really falling off now near the end. Uh, but Rachel, thank you for being here. Of course, I'm happy to do it. Uh, Zach, happy Halloween, you. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy Halloween. Yeah, next mm-hmm. time you hear from us, we won't be talking about anything scary or horrifying, just World War I. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, listeners, uh, there will be a special bonus episode next week that is the live recording we did a few weeks ago. So check that out, because that's a special treat. Uh, I talk about the great uh, Peshtigo fire in Wisconsin, which killed a whole bunch of people. Uh, (laughs) Don't know why I said it like that. Uh, like I'm about to introduce Gotta a Celine Dion song. <laughs> she I'm... killed a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Celine Dion. All right, everyone. This one goes out to 1,200 people in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's great balls of. <laughs> it's Alicia Keys. This girl is on fire. This girl is on fire. <laughs> Uh, happy halloween from everyone here at the revisionists i'm brian flynn i'm zach powers have a spooky time ha 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 crypt keeper laugh